Life is messy, our minds are messy, success is blinking messy. Join me, Charlotte Hopkins, on the Gloriously Messy Me podcast, where I'm opening up hearts, minds and souls to navigate life's unique messiness. Exploring identity, culture, belonging and success, I, along with some phenomenal special guests, will be sharing my own experiences, as well as impactful theories and top tips on how I help people unleash their incredible potential to take courageous action and build a life that they love. Okay, let's get on to today's episode. Hey, hi, and hello. Welcome back. It's so good to have you with me. I'm Charlotte Hopkins, and today we're going to be talking about goals and why my vision board didn't come true. <laughs> so this is quite a personal topic to me, um, and it kind of came about because we hit April and my brain kind of went, April, April, April already. Um, and it's just come around so fast. So I am this person that always does this new year, new me bullshit. Um, and let's be fair, by around about March, which is when I'm recording this episode. Um, granted, it's the end of March, but I can tell you that my fitness goals haven't worked um, and although I have maintained yoga once a week, however, that yoga hasn't made me lose two stone. Um, <laughs> yeah, I am not, not that naive, but it would be wishful thinking. Um, however, we hear about it all the time, don't we? Set these goals, create a vision board, and you'll manifest your dreams. And it doesn't happen. And I wanted to share a little bit around why that happens and my personal journey and how it has taken me five years. Yep, five years to record a podcast and share over 20 years worth of knowledge and expertise, which is something I've wanted to do for so long. And it's been a bit of a process. So I am one of those really annoying people who doesn't really believe in MVP. And if you're wondering what MVP is, that is minimum viable product. So as a business, generally speaking, um, it's recommended that we have one MVP. So one minimal viable product. Not me. My vision is big and bold and really clear. And the end goal is to create legacy and success. Here's the problem with my vision board and my goals and my business plans in particular, but also my journey and goals around weight loss and getting fit. <laughs> and they're probably my two big goals that continue each year. Now, from a business perspective, um, it's generally quite simple. I want to see growth and here's where it becomes a challenge. When I created my vision board, my first vision board, it was, it had a wooden door. I crave a home with a big wooden door and beautiful glass, stained glass. Um, oh, it was on my vision board and I craved holidays in the Caribbean and I craved cars and I craved all of these things that were just things. And the vision board didn't light me up. It didn't get me going. It didn't make me want to get up every single day and look at it and go, yes, I'm going to have, and I don't even know what car I put on. I am the least car person in the world. Um, 
I, I, I think it might have been like a Mercedes four by four type thing. Um, I couldn't give monkeys back cars. <laughs> I really couldn't. And this is the thing. And this is why it took a long time. So the first two years of my business, I think I paid my accountant more than I paid me. And that's no joke. I think I paid him on a monthly basis where I wasn't paying myself on a monthly basis. I'm still with the same accountant now. He's brilliant. That's not about him. It's about the fact that I was making no money. And I had this wonderfully beautiful vision board. And I had these incredibly big, bold goals. And if I was being logical, I had seen how I'd achieved a lot of those goals in my career when I was employed. So they weren't unachievable goals. But every day, I wasn't getting up desperate to do something I love to do. Now, my business, my consultancy business, Kimby, has been... Um, we've just hit our sixth birthday and like I literally it's no word of a lie we made very little money the first two years and I don't think my husband would disagree by year three um, it was taking its toll on our relationship he was having to work full-time still in a job that he didn't particularly love um, and I was sat at home constantly creating I was like a little creative rabbit that just kept going and going and going and I never put it out there I never really connected with those goals. I never really questioned why I was doing them. What's interesting is one of the things I, cre I created has now been used as a freebie download. So if you've listened to the previous episode, you will know that I have a free workbook, which is all um, about looking at how your work and um, kind of belonging is impacting your happiness. Go and check it out if you want to. Now, I created that five years ago. We had a teeny tiny pot of money, um, I think £1,500, to deliver this workshop with this workbook um, to around about 30 practitioners, which we did and had incredible results. And that piece of work was one of the things that fueled the fire in my soul. I loved working with those people, but still, I didn't realise <laughs> how my goals, my vision board wasn't fueling that fire in my belly. What it was fueling in my belly was this being busy, but not being productive. What it was fueling was this constant reminder that I wasn't in a home that I felt was worthy of success. I didn't drive this car that I thought was a symbol of success. I didn't have bags of money. I didn't have amazing clothes and I didn't have the best heels and I wasn't shopping in, you know, Reese and Karen Millen and all of these high street stores that I thought were going to showcase my success. So that action of doing not a lot productive really impacted my state of mind and the way that I then approached my goals. And here's the even more silly thing. Instead of changing my vision board and really getting emotionally attached, I just changed my goals. So instead of, even though the logic aspect, logical aspect of it knew I was create, creating success and I was capable of creating success, I had shown myself that time and time and time and time again, especially throughout my career, but across relationships and, you know, as a single mom, there was all of these times where I'd fought through really challenging times However, instead of saying you're capable, let's look at the plan, let's look at the vision, let's look at the goals, I downplayed the vision and told myself, well, maybe I'm not capable. Can you see the fatal flaw? 
And how many of you probably are going, oh, yeah, I did exactly the same. Or maybe even I'm doing the same. And here's what I want you to think about. So we know that the brain scans for risk. That's just the way that the brain kind of works, really. So when we think that we are not capable of something, or when we tell ourselves that this is what's happening, our brain will scan constantly looking for evidence to validate and justify that so we kind of wake up so I was waking up every morning and instantly saying to myself oh I've got that piece of work I need to create never gonna sell it how am I gonna make money I'm never gonna make money never gonna make my business success maybe I should just look for jobs you know what I then did I just looked quote unquote I'm doing those quotation signs for those of you not on YouTube go in Maybe I should just do a backup plan and look for a J-O-B. So my mindset was completely and utterly fixated on what I wasn't achieving. And the vision board didn't help because all I did was look at my vision board and go, yeah, I'm nowhere near that. And I was so far away from that, that physically I would found myself manifesting that. So I would then stop spending money on clothes. So I think I spent three out of five working days wearing the same clothes, which were usually a black t-shirt, sometimes even pajama bottoms. So little things like that were just really kind of manifesting this negativity. Now, I want you to not think that I am all about positive energy and, you know, and I am a bit of a believer in manifestation, but I also believe that you have to put the work in. And there's lots of neuroscience and more and more emerging neuroscience that's showing that when we think something, we know we can make it happen. So there's lots of sayings, isn't there? You know, you can dream a dream and make it a plan and all those, yeah, let's be fair, these pretty wanky sayings. I hope there's no children listening. I apologize. Um, when you look at all of those kind of, you know, affirmation quotes and all of these motivational, inspirational quotes, most of them mean nothing to most people. But there was one or two that made a real difference. And one of the things that made a huge impact in the way that I was able to start achieving my goals and this year smashing goals that I've had on my, my vision board for a really long time was I put that emotion into it. So I really thought about why I wanted success, not what success looked like at this point, but why? Why was it so important to me that I had professional influence? Why was it so important to me that I created some personal impact? Why was it so important to me that I wanted success? And I still don't have all the answers for that. I'm definitely going through a few work streams that I think, is this for me or is this for my ego? And I'm definitely working through some of those. Um, however, what I realized was when I had this emotional connection that wasn't led by the head, that was led through the heart, and, and I'm a big believer in intuition and gut feeling, so when I was starting to make decisions about emotionally led, what felt right, the intuitively led decisions, then what I was really able to see is that my goal board, my vision board meant nothing. That I don't crave fast cars, big cars, sporty cars. I don't really crave shopping in Caramillan. I'm a five foot three, size 16, curvy girl it's not really the shop for me 
Um, sorry, Karen Miller. Um, but what I actually wanted was a sense of connection. I wanted to feel that I was having some impact on people's lives, not just by impacting them, but also by making them feel that they were capable of doing so much more. I wanted to work with people and help them create success on their own terms. I wanted to be able to leave this legacy, but not just this legacy of money, not this legacy of this big mansion house. I wanted to leave a legacy to my children and to those people I worked with that would leave them feeling like they wanted more. And that was really hard because this was really emotional stuff. And it really impacted my energy levels, which meant that it impacted my productivity. But here's the magical thing. The less I focused on making things happen, the more things happened. So I focused by taking a step back and just choosing to apply for contracts that I felt would be easy, quote unquote, or straightforward, which obviously weren't always easy and straightforward, FYI. But by applying for those and then getting them, surely, slowly and bit by bit, I found myself starting to find the evidence that maybe I was capable of it. And the more I sat back and reflected on how much more capable I was, the more that I was less searching for the evidence that I wasn't capable for it. Now, one of the things I realized from the work that I've done working within the addiction space and the mental health space and working with people with um, you know, homelessness and housing issues is we can't always think ourselves well. We can't always think ourselves successful. But here's the thing that for most people who are listening, you absolutely have this choice. Now, there was a piece of research done under the kind of umbrella of positive psychology that looked at the, um, the happiness pie. And it was a professor, Sonia Liberansky, and I'm hoping I've said that name right. Um, but she looked at, she was from University of California, and she looked at how much um, control we have over our happiness. And it showed that around 50% of our happiness is in the genes. So we're just genetically more happy than other people. It also showed that 10%, just a measly 10% of people um, were impacted, their happiness was impacted by substantial events outside of their control. So maybe a car crash or maybe childhood trauma or maybe stress. And that left a whopping 40% to intentional happiness and creating more intentional happiness. 40%. So 50% genetics, 10% outside of our control, and 40% within our control to create conscious, conscious happiness. Now, let me tell you, I've worked in and with people who've experienced massive trauma for a really long time. In fact, I've been working... Um, with people helping them understand their own personal trauma and helping um, train practitioners around trauma as well. And I've been doing that for about 15 years. And it's not straightforward. So let's, for argument's sake, say that we're going to double that. So let's say it's 20%. We're still going to have, let's say we take it from the genetics. So we've taken that We've now got around, say, let's say half of our genetics makes us happy. So we're not happy all of the time, but the way that the genetics works is that we're happy. 
with 50% of our genetics. 50% of the 50%. Hope you keep it up. <laughs> I think I'm keeping it. We then take on the intentional. That still leaves potentially a whopping 70% that is naturally within us to be happier or to take conscious activity. So when we're looking at what happiness means to us and when we look at how we can create more happiness intentionally, then we need to really understand what that looks like. And this is where I come back to the vision board. There are definitely times where people are absolutely stressed and traumatized and absolutely 100% need support. But there are also times where I work with other people who've gone through very similar experiences and their happiness still comes through. I've worked with people who are, you know, chronic drug users who've been on the streets for, you know, a number of years who will still come in and say, how are you, Charlotte? How's your day? I'm so good to hear that you're happy. I'm so good to hear that you're having a good day. That intentional activity we now know can really change the neurons within the brain so instead of scanning for the negative instead of scanning for that negative self-talk or that scanning for what you haven't achieved or haven't done when we flip it and we become conscious and intentional about what we're looking for we start to look for the more helpful and the more um healthy thought patterns that are going to help us as opposed to hinder us. So we kind of need to train the brain to search for these cues, but we also need to understand where um, we might be triggered or there's risky situations that are going to sabotage our health. So my poor mum, I love her to absolute bits. She's my biggest supporter and yeah, she's amazing. If I tell her I'm going on a diet, first thing she'll do is cook the best homemade pie or cauliflower cheese, which is homemade, and cake, and probably got custard and cream as well. Oh, for me, it's like heaven. Homemade pie, usually with chips or mashed potato, and then cake with custard and cream. I cannot tell you how much that makes me smile and salivate. My mum then will put it all out in front, and it's not just one piece of cake. It's a choice of three pieces of cake and probably jam tarts as well. So when we look at the the opportunities that are available to us and our goals, we have to really then understand that those challenges and situations as well. And like I say, I love my mum. It's one of my biggest challenges is how do I continue to lose weight and visit my parents at the same time? So there's two things I want you to do if you're looking at your vision board and thinking, why isn't this happening? The first thing is I want you to reflect, sit back and reflect and think about where the emotional connection is to that vision board. So yes, you might want a car. Yes, you might crave Le Boutons. Less, yes, you might want a Mulberry handbag. Yes, you might want a sports car, whatever that is. But actually, what does that look like? So for me, I really wanted an office that was outside of the house. The emotional connection is that it keeps me calm. It allows me to differentiate between home and work life. Therefore, it has a better impact on my relationships. It gives me the the time that I need to be quiet and to be calm, to really think about what my goals genuinely are. So it wasn't just about having an office on my vision board. It was about the emotional impact that that was having behind me. So that's the first thing. I want you to really look at your vision board and think, okay, is there things on this vision board that aren't actually motivating me in the heart or the soul is it just very head related things that I would expect to see on a vision board 
The second thing I'd like you to do is really think about those triggering situations, those high risk situations that might be impacting your ability to take action on a regular basis. So when you can understand what's stopping you take action, you can stop then stopping yourself taking action. You can start to really think about, and I talked before about nudges. You can start to put those nudges in place that will move you forward within those goals. And that emotional connection will absolutely make you want to take action on a daily basis. So hopefully that's led to lots of food for thought. I would love you to get creative and I would love to see your vision boards. Goodness me, if anybody wants to share their vision boards, I would love to see it. You can do that on social media um, and we'll put the links in the notes below. Um, and you can email me as well because I would genuinely love, I'm just really nosy um, and I love to see what people's versions of success are. Um, but if you're interested in sharing your vision boards and even more so if you're interested in talking to me about what's stopping you take action, then I would love to hear from you. And maybe you're interested in taking some action and you'd like to do some one-to-one -one work and you can find out all the details on my website as well, which is www.charlotte-hopkins.com. Um, thank you so much for listening. I really hope that you'll get creative and get those new vision boards up and done. And I look forward to seeing all of that wonderful success in the future.